Friendship with God would like to thank you for donating to the Loreto Need. With your help, a total of $10,378 were collected in donations, and 645 food baskets were delivered to the homes of the poor people of Loreto. Visit friendshipwithgod.org and take a look at the slideshow of some of the people that you supported during this difficult time. Thank you for being an instrument of God's blessing. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. I mean, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob you know, these aren't people who are in a vacuum. We have a history about them in the book of Genesis. And they were sinners. They were mere sinners. They were weak. They were needy men. And so when we hear God say that his name is going to be associated with these men, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we feel like rushing into God and saying, wait, 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 Lord, just a minute, if you don't mind. Let me just give you at least my opinion on this, Lord. Lord, this is a little hasty to make your name to be associated with those men. I mean, I like this, nothing wrong. I don't like that. I like Abraham. I like Isaac. I like Jacob. What's not to like? But for you to make your name, you're God. And for you to make your name associated with those needy men, that's, you're too big for that. You're just, you're far above those men. You don't really want your name to be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Lord, maybe you'd like to just reconsider. Just think it over and maybe substitute that name instead of being so specific with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because we know their particular shortcomings, falls, sins, whatever you want to call it. Lord, why don't you just call yourself the God of all men? That'd be better, don't you think, God? Just be better. But Lord, not a name like being the God of such an unimpressive men like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's too demeaning of you, Lord, to have a name like that. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And in verse 15, there's absolutely no suggestion of all, at all of a second thought with God. It's as if God would reply to us when we'd say that, if we said that to him, it's as if God would say to us, no, I've thought it through very carefully, very carefully, thank you very much, and I'm resolved, I'm determined, I've made my mind up that the name that I've chosen for myself will be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. That's the name I've chosen for myself, that's where it stands. We walk away, we scratch our heads, and we ask ourselves the question, why? Why did God choose for his name to be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? 
And the reason we ask the question is because when we take a little time, we sit there and we take a little time, we go back to Genesis, we read Genesis, and what do we see in Abraham? Oh, what we see in Abraham, we see a man who was fearful. He was afraid. He was afraid for his protection, and he was afraid for how he was going to be taken care of, his future. A man we see in we see in Abraham, a man who in Genesis 15:1, God had to reassure and said, "Wait, Abraham, wait." A and he says in Genesis 15:1, "Fear not, Abram. Fear not, Abram. Why? He's afraid. Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield. What's he afraid of? His protection." and thy exceeding great reward. In other words, is provision. So we look and we, we look in, in, in further in, in Genesis and we see, boy, this is a man who because he was so afraid that he would be killed, this, is, this supposition comes to his mind that he's gonna be killed for his wife's sake and really there was no indication of that before but he, he just gets his fear, just grips him, paralyzes him and he's gonna be killed because his wife is so beautiful and so what does he do? He lies not once, but twice. And he gets his wife to lie as well and to say that she's only a sister. Puts his wife in great jeopardy. She gets taken, why? Fear, a man of fear. And what do we see in Isaac? Well, the, 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 the record that we see in Isaac is we've got a record of a coddled mama's boy. That's what we see in Isaac. He's a, he's a mama's boy. He's a backboneless, weak man who when the Philistines came and filled up his wells, which he needs for life, the water, and he feed the water, 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 and he fills, the, the, the Philistines come and they fill it up with dirt. And so what does he do? Does he stand up and, and say, you're not doing that and dig and clean out his wells and, and, and go and, and take a stand against the Philistines? No! We don't see that. We see a backboneless, weak man who runs away. I don't want anything to do with conflict. Oh, take the wells. Now, that's not impressive. What do we see in Jacob? Oh, Jacob. Whew. Boy, Jacob. This is a conniver of connivers. A man who was a conniver who waits for his brother Esau to be so hungry for food that he takes advantage of him and he says, sell me your birthright and he does that. That's what we've got here in, 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 uh, in Jacob. We've got this person who's a conniver, a man who is not just a conniver, but he's a deceiver. He lies to his own father. He deceives his own father with the hair on his, we won't talk about Rebecca now, but anyway, with the hair from the goats and the smell to be like Esau, and he comes and says, I am Esau. He lies to his own father and tells him he's his Esau. Why? Because he wants to, he wants to trick his father into giving him the blessing that his father intended only to give to Esau. That's who we see in, these, in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a fearful man and a coddled, weak man, backboneless, and a conniving, deceptive man. Not a very impressive group of people, Lord. So our question is, why would God want to be called the God of Abraham? Why does God want to be called the God of a fearful man? Our question is, why would God want to be called the God of Isaac? Why would God want to be called the God of a backboneless, coddled, weak man? Why would God want to be called the God of Jacob? Why would God want to be called the God of a conniving, deceptive man? We say, no, Lord, no. 
Your name should not reference people who were fearful, backboneless, coddled, weak, conniving, and deceptive. Your name should reference men who were fearless, who were strong, who were brave, who were truthful, who were honest men. You should not be called the God of the fearful, backboneless, coddled, weak, conniving, deceptive. You should be called the God of the fearless, strong, brave, and truthful men. So we say, Lord, you sure you really want to choose to have your name be associated with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Do you really want to do that? And then we notice four words in verse 14, 15 where it says, And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Those four words, this is my name. And with those four words, we realize that God has made his choice. It's not up for discussion as far as God is concerned. It's not up for debate. He certainly, there's no doubt associated with it. God has stated with those words, this is my name, that it is a decision that's made, it's, it's done. And he says, write it down if you want. My name is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So with those words in verse 15, this is my name, we step back and we say, okay, okay, but why? Why? Why in the world would God want to, to choose for his name to be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? And then we step back and we say to God, Lord, if you wanna have your name be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, why not just have the name for a limited amount of time? I mean, after all, Lord, you are eternal. You just told us you are the I am. You are the God of eternity past. You are the God of eternity future. And these men, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they lived on earth for an infinitesimal, limited amount of time. So Lord, why don't you just have that name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob just be for a limited amount of time. How about a set amount of time and you have the name the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then after the time, then you don't have it anymore. And then the answer comes to us in two little words in verse 15, where again we read, Thou shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever. Forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. So the two words, forever, God replies, no. It's not going to be a temporary name for me. No, this is my name forever. And so then we say, why? We don't get it, why? Why would God wanna have the name of the, of the fearful Abraham, the God of the, of the fearful Abraham, the God of the backboneless, coddled, weak Isaac, the God of the conniving, deceptive Jacob? Why would he want that name for all eternity? And the answer tells us so much about who God is. The answer makes us say, Michael, Michael, or in the Hebrew, Michael, Michael. Me in, in Hebrew is the word who. So, and El is the word God. So, Michael, or Michael, means who is God, or who is like God. He, who is so great as God is. Who is so amazing, he certainly is amazing, we've gotten that part right, 
Who is so amazing as God? Who is so stunning as God? Michael is a term of worship, intelligent worship. It's like the word hallelujah, which is, means praise God, praise the Lord. So it's a, it's a term of intelligent worship. Intelligent because we look, we think, we find out, we understand with our intelligence. So why would God want his name to be forever the God of the fearful Abraham, the God of the backboneless, coddless, weak, coddled, weak Isaac, the God of the conniving, deceptive Jacob? Why? Because in Jehovah Jesus, the lost, fearful Abraham became the saved, brave Abraham who offered his only son without fear because he was fully persuaded in God's ability to give life to the dead. Change. Why? Because in Jehovah Jesus, the lost, back, boneless, coddled, weak Isaac became the saved, strong, brave Isaac who rose up off his deathbed to willingly give the birthright to God's chosen man, Jacob, and to say, I was wrong about Esau, and I have now bravely confessed that to God and gotten on God's page, and now I willingly give the birthright to God's chosen man, Jacob. Why? Because in Jehovah Jesus, the lost, conniving, deceptive Jacob became the saved, truthful, honest Jacob, who also on his deathbed proclaimed to the world that through his son Judah, the Lord Jesus Christ, the savior of the world, God in the flesh, would come into the world. Why? Because of the change that happened in Abraham, because of the change that happened in Isaac, because of the change that happened in Jacob, because they didn't stay they were the, the way they were. They became great because of God. And God's so thrilled with that with how these men were changed from what they were in themselves, but what they became through Jehovah Jesus, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God took a lost Abraham, a lost Isaac, a lost Jacob, and made them a saved Abraham, a saved Isaac, a saved Jacob, and for all eternity, God wants to be called, I am the God who changed Abraham. I am the God who changed Isaac. I am the God who changed Jacob from lost to saved, from death to life, from a destiny of hell to a destiny of heaven, from being a nothing to being a great person. God says his name is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and that's gonna be his name forever because every time throughout eternity God is called by that name, it's another proclamation that God's character is to take a bad thing and make it good because God's character is to take a nothing and make something and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob never could have become what they were without God. They became men of faith because of God. They became righteous because of God. Heaven's door was open to them because of God. And each of those men, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, were lost without God. And each of those men were saved by God 
And all of that fact, because of God, because of God, by God, all of that fact is the reason why he has chosen his name to forever be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. It shows us how much God wants to save lost men. Like us, we were lost. God wanted to save us. God wants to add each person's name to his name that he has saved. God wants John, for example, to come to him as John is nothing in himself, but God wants to save John, and then one God, and, and then God wants to make John a man of faith, and then for all eternity, God wants his name to be, I am the God of John. That's who God is. That's his character. And when we see that, then we go back to the name Michael, and we say, Michael, who is like God from verse 15? That's my name forever. Michael, who would, who would be this way? Only God. That's why God has chosen his name to be forever the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And when God chose his name forever to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God was saying forever that he wants to be known as the God who saved Abraham, changed him. The God who saved Isaac and changed him. The God who saved Jacob and changed him. He wants to be known as the God who saves. And God wants to be the God of our name and he wants to be able to say, I'm the God who saved him. I'm the God who changed him. That's why he chose his name forever to be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And by choosing that to be his name forever, he's telling us who he is, who God is. You know, there was a name, it's interesting, there was a name given to him by his enemies of all people, can you imagine? And they said in Matthew eleven nineteen. 19, they were speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they said, the son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, behold, a man, gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners, but wisdom is justified of her children. So when God finally comes in the flesh, after so long and everybody's waiting, and he finally comes in the flesh as the Lord Jesus Christ, what happens? His enemies see him, and they see him. What do they see him doing? He's reaching out his hand in friendship to hated publicans, tax collectors, and sinners. And what do they do? They, they give him a name. They call him a friend of publicans and sinners. That's the name given to him by his enemies, and when God heard that, we can imagine God saying, I'll take that name. I'll take that name forever, you bet. We can imagine saying, God, who is a friend of publicans and sinners, that sounds good to me, make that my name forever because God was a friend of the sinners, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, God chose his name to be forever the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. In another very similar instance, his enemies said what they thought was derogatory words, which is also the first case, they said to him in Luke 15, one through two. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured saying, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. That's a name. Receiveth sinners. That's another name given to him by his enemies. And when God heard that, the same thing. We can imagine that God says, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take that name forever. We can imagine God saying, the God who receives sinners. That sounds good to me. That's me. That'd be my name forever. That's good. God, why? 
because God received the sinners, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, God chose for his name to forever be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When his enemies saw him go into the house of the Jewish tax collector, Zacchaeus, because he was a tax collector, and it was typical in those days for tax collectors to abuse and overuse their power and to collect more than was actually due by Rome and then to pocket the rest, he was hated as a publican. He was hated, this Jewish tax collector Zacchaeus. But when they saw the Lord Jesus Christ go into his house, they said in Luke 19:7, and when they saw it, they all murmured saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. A guest with a man that is a sinner. That's another name. It's another name given to him by his enemies. And God hears that. We can imagine saying, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take that name forever. We can imagine God saying, the God who is a guest of sinners sounds good to me. That'll be my name forever. So why? Because God was the guest of the sinners, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, God chose for his name to forever be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Those names of the God who receives sinners, the God who was the guest of sinners, they describe for us what we see God doing in Revelation 3.20. What does it say? It says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. So what does it mean when he says that? It says that he is the man who receives sinners. See, we'll sup with him and he with me. And he is the one who is the guest of sinners and he's the friend of sinners. That's the picture in Revelation 3.20 of the, of the Lord knocking at the door saying, let's be friends. Receive me, I will receive you. Open the door. I will come to him and will sup with him and he with me. So these are God's names. He's the God who is the friend of publicans and sinners. He is the God who receives sinners. He is the God who is the guest of sinners. And those names are all encompassed in the name, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, which God has chosen to be his name forever. And that name, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob expresses what the Lord Jesus Christ said in Luke 19.10, speaking of the mission statement for his life, when he said, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. The name of God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob expresses that God is seeking to save that which is lost. He's looking for every lost sinner to save them, to change them. And the Lord Jesus Christ expresses this in this mission statement that he gives about himself. And we're gonna continue on this thought in our next lesson as we're going to, to go through and to see the key, very important three parables that he spoke to communicate this truth, that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because he sought lost Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to save them just as he wants to seek just as he is seeking and wants to save every person who has Revelation 3.20 says, he's knocking at the door, he's waiting for those, every sinner, every lost sinner to hear the voice open the door because he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's pray.
Father, thank you so much for revealing that you are the friend of sinners, the guest of sinners. The Lord, you are the one that receives sinners, and therefore, you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Help us, Lord, to have this, this knowledge of you embedded in our hearts so that we'll be like you and we'll also, Lord, proclaim you to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who receives sinners. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Friendship with God would like to thank you for donating to the Loreto Need. With your help, a total of $10,378 were collected in donations and 645 food baskets were delivered to the homes of the poor people of Loreto. Visit friendshipwithgod.org and take a look at the slideshow of some of the people that you supported during this difficult time. Thank you for being an instrument of God's blessing.